This is Jan Cox, talk number 2,533, recorded June 2nd, 2000. I brought some stuff that I wrote a couple of weeks ago. And I guess I'll read it. But I'd still rather just either say nothing or just talk. <laughs> what I mentioned last time that may have sounded like that I just said it en passant, and I don't even know what it means. I piss out. That's what it was. <laughs> then I ask you if you had ever noticed that no one has ever given a detailed description. Out of all my extensive reading, I know that you people hadn't read as much as I have. Notice how I changed that. I am... Well, I always say, well, I'm sure you've read as much as me. And I don't know why I say that. So, so tonight I'm not going to say that. Taking a look at this crowd, I figure that you know most of you are probably semi-literate anyway. So I'll have to advise you and let you take advantage of my, what do you call that shit in your head? My intellectual capacity stuff. I've read a whole bunch. Way back years ago, I just read all kinds of crap about waking up and enlightenment. And I never once... I wasn't aware of it at the time. It just struck me of late. I never one time ran across any person, any writer, that gave a detailed description of what he meant when he used the term being asleep or being deluded, being confused. And I asked you last time, don't, don't you find that curious? But normally when I ask you people like that, you look like a deep sea diver who just got back in from Indianapolis. And, and everybody seems to try, all you want to do is remove that big steel helmet and shrug. Like, you know. <laughs> what the hell do I know from great depths? I was just in Indianapolis. You know? But when it hit me, and it was fairly recently, I find that... Now, you know I'm going somewhere with this, don't you? To be or what? <laughs> Jane, in case you didn't hear, I just, we found out the Brooklyn Shakespeare Festival this year is opening up, I think it's the first week in July. And they're going to open with to be or what? Is why no one has ever given a detailed description. <laughs> Never. Now, I'll repeat what I said if you didn't take any of this to be of any significance anyway last time. We do have people that would... About the only thing they've ever said of expanded beyond being asleep or being deluded is maybe to add a modifier. And so, oh, I am so glad that I spent so many years with a great master and achieved what I have because when I started, oh, I was deeply asleep. <laughs> or I was extremely confused. But no one has ever given a detailed explanation of what they meant. Well, let's get started. <laughs> Do you know why? First question, and I'll answer it, is no one ever thought about it. Or another answer, similar one, is no one ever saw any need to. Looking back now over this great lifetime of going on 92, 93 years that I've been involved with this, <laughs> come this spring, I look back over this deep and semi-rewarding life, and I realized that after all of my reading, being fairly well a world expert on all of this, if you just want to know the truth, I just never went into competition, never tried to show off. But I now realize that of those publicly known, those whose writings are still published and passed around, going over the last... 4,500 years. You don't see any.
trace of anyone becoming deeply involved in the question themselves, just of what is this thing I've done? What is this thing I have been involved with? Now, not just questions which people will throw out in the midst of their writings, like until a person understands fully what enlightenment is, they are not fully enlightened. I say there's no trace, not one trace, which doesn't mean that no one ever became interested. But I say, and this is indicative of something, that after the, out of all of these millions of pages, perhaps billions of pages written about this, from all sorts of angles, from, in all sorts of languages, from all sorts of cultures, from all eras, as I said, spanning 4,500 plus years now, people have been writing about this. You will find no trace of someone actually undertaking personally, individually, and then at least writing about it, or even showing interest in, what the hell is this? Why am I wanting to do this? And it gets a little more than that. You know, as why does anybody want to? We all, people, I say we all. You understand, I'm still more and more, I feel like I must speak for myself and let you just align yourself with it as is appropriate to your interest, whatever we have in common. People have just, people like us, just always accept whichever one they get, that man is confused and deluded or man is asleep. Man is living in a dream world. People adopt it and never again, well, they don't to begin with, of course, but they never question, well, what is this thing that I have immediately you know, put in my pocket? Clutched to my bosom, held dear to my heart. Everyone who believes that they're trying to awaken believes that they, and they've never questioned it, they believe that they know what they mean that I want to awaken. Everyone who says, I realize that I am living in a dream most of the time. I realize it and I won't out. Even people who have had the grand Satori experience, people who have been awake, as we call it, they still do not question, what is this? How did this come about? Now, especially, I've done it before, but over the last, I didn't keep track, but six or eight months, when I started on the brain, there for about four or five weeks, I tried my best to drag you people's attention because it had nothing to do with becoming an expert on the brain, and talking about feeling as opposed to thinking, it has nothing to do about that per se. And it really doesn't have anything to do with what I'm talking about right now. But the whole idea that I have also been using, expressing to you, especially over the last couple of years, that, you know, the, the secret to all of this, and what you will find is that you're, if you ever get there, if you get somewhere and know what I'm talking about, is you get to the bottom of the mind. You understand the nature of the mind. And that's all this is. Which is, of course, a lie. But that's all this is. <laughs> and for years, that made sense to me. I was not the first person to ever think of that. Certainly not the first person to ever say it. But based on my own experience, it explained it. That that was... Because nobody else, you say, what's being awake? And the answer is, well, you've got to be awake to know it. You know, hell, I knew that after my first experience, which was before some of you were born. What is being enlightened? Well, only an enlightened man knows. Yeah. But I still wanted to ask these people, looking out back over these 4,500 years, that even you people who say you experienced it, and I won't question it, why didn't... Afterwards, why didn't you say... Why, why didn't you get involved? Like, what happened? As amazing, as splendid, as all-satisfying as it was, no one seems to be able to stay in that state 24-7. They like to hint around, but as I say, I have severe doubt. <coughs> At least what they used to call the great Satori experience. The great one. Uh, I, d I don't see that people stay in that great condition. And so, to some degree you slide back out 
Not totally, but you do not stay in that condition. So when people come out of that condition, no matter how slightly, but they're back somewhere out of the great Satori condition. Let's just call it that. That's what they used to call it. There's no trace of people saying, what was that? And what is the state I'm in now compared to that? That's what's at the bottom of all this. We can say that the, that the secret is to get to the bottom of the mind, which is still true. But if you, according to how you understand this, I could say, well, if you get to the bottom of why the price of vegetables fluctuates, if you could get to the bottom of why some people like basketball and some people like crocheting, it's all the same thing. If you got to the bottom of why some people believe that up is up and some down, down. Some believe that that's right and that that's wrong. And others believe the opposite. You'd be at the bottom of this. We have adopted, which I also find interesting. We have adopted this thing. that man is asleep. Man believes that he is dealing with reality as it is when most of the time he is not. Which, as you know by now, even though we sit here and we talk about it night after night, this is not a common, reasonable concept <laughs> to the six billion other people on this planet. We're just so used to it, we don't pay any attention. I say it, and you go, yeah, yeah. You know, go ahead. What are you going to say? Get to it. Yeah, I know all that. No one but us, no one but a handful of people hold that view. Ever have that thought? Much less have it consistently. Much less have their whole life, at least I'll speak for myself, that the major part of my life, the heart of my life, is struggling, working, fooling with this. And yet six billion people on this planet have no interest in it. It, it doesn't make sense to them. In other words, it's a joke. It's an illusion. For you to say, do you realize that the life you lead is somewhere out of sync with reality? You just don't think about that anymore. That's ridiculous. Try and prove that to somebody. And by now, you might right now nod and go, well, you're right. Okay, wait a minute. Spare me that shit. Prove it to yourself. That's what I'm saying that no one does. Uh-huh. Well, sure, I know I'm asleep. I know what you mean. We might have the exact same definition, but I know what you mean. No, you don't. You don't even know what you mean by it. No one asks about it. That's when you start getting to the bottom of another question, which they used to put it this way. I haven't used it a lot. I wrote some papers and used it, if I get around to reading them. Then instead of getting to the bottom of the mind, what you're trying to do is to realize or to recognize self, to get to the bottom of yourself. The old, or one of the old ones that you may have read that they continually would use, I guess it finally became a coin amongst the Zenists, but it was a response that you read that a lot of them used when a man would ask, when some seeker would ask a Zen elder, some sage about what is enlightenment, how do you get enlightenment, how did we get in this shape? Any kind of reasonable question to someone seeking enlightenment. And oftentimes the response would be, I'll answer you if you tell me what you look like what, or what your face looked like before you were born. That is one of the most common responses. And of course, if you were just the kind of person that periodically would read or glance through a Zen book while riding by on a motorcycle... You know, I think, well, that's the way those guys talk. Just, <laughs> they're just enigmatic on purpose. Yeah, I understand that view, except, you know, the six billion people don't understand that life, from an ordinary view, is enigmatic. <laughs> Everybody else goes, well, life is not enigmatic. We're not living in a dream. It's just that periodically, you know, weird shit happens to me. <laughs> I suffer injustice. But life's not a dream. I know what's going on. There's just a lot of bad people out there. There's a lot of people got in for me. I have a lot of bad luck. Could be bad karma. I don't know. God could be testing me. 
But it's certainly not a dream. What I'm living is a real life. It's got its ups and got its downs, but at least it's not a dream. You people are crazy. A person who would say that, once you know better, once you've had the experience, they don't know who they are. Of course, I don't mean to say that I know who I am. Nobody knows who they are, except an awakened man knows better. The rest of the world don't know any better. And no one... Let me read this. I'm getting so far behind. I've got to read this stuff. I mean, look at that. 26 pages. Often throughout history, those trying to get to the bottom of things have been called seekers of the truth, which would be a bunch of minor leaguers. The big timers would be those with nothing any longer in them that seeks the truth. What sense is there in the truth seeking itself? How can a man believe that he's trying to discover his true self? How can a man believe that he is trying to produce in him or to produce in him a conscious mind when it's his mind who wants to produce the conscious mind? Well, we all know the answer to that. <laughs> the real question is, why does no one notice that? A mirror is blank until something comes before it to cause a reflection. But, question, when the mirror is showing a reflection, where did its original blankness go? Matter of fact, that's my variation of the exact Zen question. That question that, as I said, was such a common response to other questions, any other question about being deluded, being awake, being in another condition. And the response was, what was your original face? What did your face look like before you were born? Who were you before your mother and father were born? When he would look just so, one man would often see a fish lurking in the bushes. All living creatures have a feedback system whereby one physical function monitors the functions of another. Men also have a mental such system, which in large part accounts for our supremacy amongst all the creatures, but which is also an unrecognized large part of what motivates a few to search for some new way to mentally function. At one time, one man had a slogan that was his private joy in which he would often repeat to himself, quote, only the intelligent survive. He later came to replace it with another one. Quote, only the strong survive. Which he later dropped in favor of, quote, only the determined survive. Which was then pushed aside for, quote, only the fully awakened survive, which he recently replaced with, only the dazed survive. <laughs> but then yesterday, while attending a funeral, the obvious hit him, quote, Nobody survives. <laughs> and only the awakened know the trick. <laughs> only those not fully dead continue to cry out for some way to mentally function. You see, the trick is to be both dead and not care. Which was what I was talking about last time about don't make eye contact with the mind. Look right above their little heads, the little thoughts. If you can ask a man if he knows himself and he answers in the firm affirmative, you may be assured that he has no idea of what you're talking about. A monk wrote home from his monastery, Dear Mama, they tell me that I will finally know myself just as soon as I learn to nail my shadow to the wall, love Hubie. It has been said that to ever realize your own true nature, you must have a mind like an iron wall. But I offer an alternative description and say that you should have a mind that is always just out of hearing. Just out of full existence in that instant moment. 
Not a mind filled with steely resistance, but one that is constructively vacant, at least sufficiently vacant that no thought disturbs your feeling of peace. No one would ever become involved with this activity did they not feel that something is wrong within them. But for your involvement to pay off in maximum terms, you must finally feel for yourself that something is wrong regarding your feeling that something is wrong within you. We're talking here a situation akin to an eye trying to look at a thumbnail while the nail is reflecting back an image of the searching eye. And when you find yourself getting all confused as you run this matter over in your mind, just remind yourself of the gross inherent humor and error in the idea of a man <coughs> talking to himself. Catching on to this is a quick cure for all sorts of confusion. Did you realize we're all sitting here, I should look at you, and so you're all sitting there talking to yourself after that? And no one laughing about it until I... Make a point of it, and then some of you chuckle. Are you chuckling at what I said or chuckling at what you just were talking to yourself about? Anyone who answers that, you do not have to produce your sleeping card to get out the door tonight. An unexpected idea when they entered a man's mind. Quote, there are only two types of people who continually beat up on themselves, the mentally ill and those trying to shake themselves out of the trance. Upon hearing this sentence in his head, he chuckled, was motionless for a moment, then went on about his business. The distance between undeserved feelings of self-importance and unfounded feelings of self-condemnation can be measured in the heartbeats of the awakened. If you ask a man the difference between him and his environment, and he starts to answer, you may be certain that he has no idea of what you're talking about. A monk wrote home to his mama from the monastery. Tomorrow, all of those who want to know how much influence a man, man's experience has, has on him compared to his genetic makeup can sign up for classes, after which I understand they will be summarily shot. <laughs> Love, Hubie. Question, what is wrong in the following definition? Man, a robot programmed to believe that it is self-motivated. Well, what are you waiting for? Instructions from your programmer? Okay, an easier one. What is wrong in every definition? I'll put two together for you. Is that no definition can answer the question of what was your definition before you got to be this one? What was your original definition? I see your face now. I see your definition writ here in the book. But before this book and the ink gave birth to you, what was your original face? Without question, in the beginning, the overwhelming need is to look inward. But ultimately, the challenge is to look at the thing in you that is trying to look inward. And then ask yourself, what is all of this? What is it precisely that I think that I'm attempting? And what is it that is actually going on here? This is the challenge that separates the dilettantes from the diligent and a man from his final uncertainty. You know, one reason that I know that people do not in the past, even though I don't claim some sort of ESPistic powers. How it is that I know that all these other people, as great as they may have been in retrospect, as great as may be their reputation, that I know that they never pushed on like I'm trying to get you to, like I have been doing and here in my later years, now that I've been involved with this now, yeah, just 103 years come summer. <laughs> Is that? Is that none of them, after they awoke to a great degree, which you got to, this is obvious, I can see that you would have to, to ever have the possibility of being interested in what I'm talking about, is like to get to the bottom of what getting to the bottom of things is. 
You know how I know that they didn't? Because they don't give one word about almost finally driving themselves absolutely crazy. Not that I almost did. But I've always considered I had some sort of cast iron mind to start with. I can see this. Other decent, ordinary mystics. I can see them having sufficient great satori that I could ask them, now that you know what it's about, now that you're more awake than the average person, now that you're more awake than the other six billion people, now that you have a clearer picture that is an absolute conflict or that their picture is in conflict with yours, now that you know all that, don't you wonder what it is? And then would say, I did, and it almost drove me crazy. I can feel, in some magical way, from their words and their descriptions, that they did not have the mind for it. Now, I don't know that any of you do, and I, you know it's not a sermon, it's not a recruiting drive. But for one thing, even if I was trying to encourage you to do it, I was about to say, when you weren't actually prepared, which is funny. Because then we'd have to believe this is a system and, well, perhaps I'm being premature and you people haven't progressed enough on the path to be able to avail yourself of this. <laughs> well, a few people are chuckling here, but I got a feeling there's only a couple of you here that actually really understands the humor in that. Like some of you look nervous. Like that's not funny. Why are they laughing? Back to what I was saying. I'm not sure that anybody ever has the real mind for this, the taste for it. But I'm telling you, it is something even beyond. It is, to me, it's been like an addition. It was like finally, if knowing what was going on was the great crackerjack box, then this is the prize that no one ever looked for. It's not necessary, it's just an, an add-on. It's like as you're pulling your car out of the lot, the guy slaps a prestige tag on it. Six a little chartreuse sponge ball on the top of your antenna. And waves like, no charge. Just you're such a good cut. Just go on and have fun with it. Plus it shakes everything. It shakes even being awake. I almost know what it is. I almost want to explain it to you. I guess I'm going to not explain it. <laughs> Give you a picture. It's less than a liter. A picture. <laughs> not a picture. Jesus. I see it. I can see it from one view, from one metagorical view. It's being like a strange setup, a non-standard setup of a thermostat, of any feedback loop. But everybody understands between a thermostat, to get it at the right temperature, there has to be some leeway. You could shake a furnace to death. You could shake any piece of machinery to death that had a thermostat, that had a feedback loop of any kind, a monitoring system, by constantly keeping it between the two polarized states, either being on or off. You could shake the furnace to death with a thermostat because it would continually turn itself on and it would immediately be at the right temperature and turn itself off and immediately be just below the right temperature. That's sort of how I find this to be. For any of you, and sometimes I sense this, not an attack on you, I just sense it because I've been through it, that some of you almost find yourself, just not almost, you find yourself bored. And I can see sometimes you think, why did I come here tonight? Why did I keep coming here? And I don't know how you really talk about it, I can guess when you your mind's in that mood, like, well, I know all this. It's the same shit. How come I hadn't done better? Whatever it is, just bored. And I have been, I know that better than any of you. And uh, 
I've, I was bored with it in one sense. I can see it. I'm just calling it bored to give you a word for it. Uh, frustrated, bored, longer than any of you. And I just kept doing it. Now, what I'd like to propose to you, if you try and consider what is this, try to get to the bottom of what it is in you that wants to get to the bottom of things. I can almost feel my system. It's almost like you're making yourself just shake. It's non-boring. <laughs> May I say that? It'll shake you out of the doldrums. And if you were weak-minded, which I can't believe any of you are, you might think, Jesus, this is going to drive me nuts, finally. Because my kind of mystic, everybody, I, I think, I've always assumed that for a while, when somebody tries, when they adopt the idea that, yes, I'm asleep and I want to awaken, somewhere in the first, I don't know, couple of years, if you really apply yourself, you start thinking, wait a minute, this is driving me nuts. Trying to be mindful all the time, trying to continually remember myself or observe myself, trying not to have any thoughts, trying to make my mind a placid lake. Jesus, I'm going crazy. That's nothing. You got over that. This gets to be like the big time. It's almost like internally, you can almost turn a mirror so fast on itself even though it's got to be impossible for a mirror to see its own reflection. You can do something that's almost so fast. It just shakes the whole system. It's great fun. More than just being shook, that's not the fun. Fun is you realize I'm getting glimpses of something that's even beyond awakening. Which is almost nothing. It's everything. It's everything. It's almost nothing. Well, if you think about it, you'll come to your own conclusion. What is this? Why do I keep making up things like nail your shadow to the wall? What is this? In a certain ancient quarter, it was said that with every breathing out and every breathing in, a secret entity leaves and re-enters your body. And this entity is none other than your real enlightened self. And a boy asked his father, why doesn't anyone say things like that today? And the elder replied, a few do, but they will claim that it was something that someone else had said years ago. I sure wish you could make your own allegorical analysis of that. Well, me doing it. And a pup asked his sire, what was the original purpose in us dogs chasing our tail? And the elder replied, it was our foolish attempt to be more human-like, I suppose. And look into this idea. With every breathing out and breathing in, a silent entity leaves and re-enters our body, and the entity is our real, our enlightened self. I think the investigation would show that this to, to be something far beyond tail chasing. I know I've done it many times recently. But now that I'm back on it. Somebody give me a wink. Somebody fool me. Somebody just kind of nod and smile at me like, yeah, I know. None of you, just in your everyday life. So you're sitting home. You finished a cup of coffee. Filling around the computer. Reading a book. You lay down the book. Look in the cup. Get the last drop, sit down, look out the window, and then you, suddenly you know you're about to stand up and go get some more coffee. To just stop and go, what's going on? How did I, see there are no words for this. There really are none, but it's like, what in me just decided to go get coffee? I know some of you got it. Literally, there's, it's not what. How did it come about? How about that? And you know damn well that you can sit there and think, or right now you can think, well, I decided I wanted more coffee. Well, yeah, but if, if that's your answer, you don't get it at all. You just don't get it at all. You don't want your inside shut. <laughs> all right, you wanted more coffee, but why did you get up right then? 
well, you drank the last drop two minutes ago. Let's say that we're outside peeking in at you. You picked up the coffee cup once since then, and you had to know it was empty. You picked it up, and you went, eh. And you looked down in it. You knew it was empty. You set it down. You looked up across the room where you've got your coffee machine, like you're looking to see if you had any. You knew you had some. There's all kinds of stuff going on. You even looked up the clock, and if we could read your mind, you, you could be thinking, do I have time for another cup of coffee before I have to leave? You could look down the cup, and if we could read your mind, you could be going, have I been drinking too much coffee? Then suddenly you stand up and you go get coffee. <laughs> I want to know, how does this work? And only the other six billion normal people on this planet would go, well, I decided by God I wanted it, and I finally got and got it. <laughs> there's no doubt. Doing such as this, there's not a doubt in the world. Well, either, as the mystics used to call it, it'll either wake you up or drive you nuts. And, of course, it most likely would drive people nuts is why they don't do it. See, other people think, you've read enough philosophy, you know what goes on in life, and social commentators... These big questions. Is the whole idea of socialism now completely discredited? Will we never have to deal with it again? Are we going through a whole new rebirth? And should we expect a new form of religion? Or, of course, the old standbys. How come there's still so much evil in the world? These huge questions. It is, to me, still humorous and fun. But those are not questions. The question, the real question, would be, it's a discussion, a panel discussion. And they're discussing the big, the, what's still the major questions that an intelligent human being should ask themselves. And so there's ten panelists. And we focus on one, Dr. X over here. So they all give their opinion. They all offer their and they're, they're raising their hands. They're not going in order. They're, and the moderator says, well, what's yours? And he says, well, why do we still have injustice in the world when we understand the bitter fruits that evil always returns? And then another man raises it. So they're asking all these, that's the big question. And then Dr. X, four or five of them have answered. And them, so he raised his hand. Screw those other questions. My question is, why did he raise his hand then? Are you began? You people are missing it if you don't try to do that to yourself. If you feel like it's about to drive you crazy, of course, justice will prevail and you'll, you'll drop it. But you don't know the fun. And it's more than fun. This is an edge. This will, this will shake you out of that state. You cannot... Try and ask yourself that. You can't try and look into that question of why did I get up right then? What's going on? How did that come about? That will shake the sleep out of anybody. Well, anybody trying to do, trying to pursue this kind of goal. You know what a laugh it is of us thinking? <laughs> I say us. The six being ordinary sane people in this planet. You know what a joke it is for humans to believe that they are as they describe themselves? I already threw it in tonight. I tell you what they are. I tell you what man is. He's a robot that's been programmed to believe that he's not. And there's no way out. I'm correct. I'm sorry. And you can sit. And you can, you know, think anything you want to about it. And it don't mean squat. And realizing that is enlightenment. To realize, well, I have wrestled this problem. Does man have free will or not? I have wrestled this problem all my life. All your life? You had not wrestled with it. You're an idiot. You're a moron. You didn't even have a hold on it. You didn't even put your hands on its shoulders. You didn't even, you know, get down the position. <laughs> <laughs> You've been wrestling with a bad aroma in your room or you know, a shadow. You hadn't wrestled with that question. 
You can't wrestle with the question. Well, you can't wrestle with that question 40 years. Your hair would be on, your head would be on fire. Never mind your hair. There would be rockets. Cherry bombs coming out of all of your orifices. You would be unfit for human companionship. <laughs> That's what I... I know that you believe you can wrestle with it. But once you... Once you get a real taste in your own experience of what I'm talking about tonight, you realize I never wrestled with it. I really never touched it. Do my little... Picturization was correct. You know how amateur wrestlers do. You get down, you, you get in the, whatever they call it, their initial position to get going. You touch each other. You lay your hands on each other's shoulders, I think. You never even did that. You cannot talk about that question to yourself. That's why literally, this is one time it's literally true that I can't explain what I mean by it. But I, you can do it. It's not some great discovery. I know that, that I, only I discovered. Because people ask the question. They've been asking it for thousands of years. Except I realize they don't really ask it. From my view, what I mean by it, they're not serious. And I understand why. They, they don't really get into it. They do not get into it. That is, why did I get up right then to get coffee? And you got to do it then. I mean, there it is. And where it is you're doing it? But... You sit there and you look, there's, coffee has been going through your mind for the last five minutes. Since you finished it, you're going through your mind, that and other things. Coffee went through your mind, then you looked at it and you daydream about a date later on, you daydream about a new car, you daydream about this, and you look at the coffee, then you're like, you know how it goes. Coffee, coffee, buy something else, coffee, something else, coffee, something else. Blah, blah, blah. And so you find yourself grabbing your cup, and you stand up, and it's right then. As you ask yourself, and there's no words, is how did this come to be? Why am I staying up right now getting coffee? I could have stood up a second ago and got coffee. I could have stood up two minutes ago. I could have waited another 30 seconds. I could have waited another split second. What's going on that I got up right this second that I'm doing? Here I am. I, my hand reached out. Of course, another way to put it is if you must. To me, this is backing up, but as you're asking, when did I decide to get up and get the coffee? Which I give the old Zenist the credit that whoever first said it, it's the same question as, what did I look like before I was born? That's what they're getting at. I give them credit. That's what they meant by it. The people say, well, I understand that to be awake, I must get to the bottom of the mind. But how do you do that? And the answer was, tell me what you look like. Tell yourself. What did you look like before you were born? What, what did you look like? When did I decide to get up and get coffee? Well, I've been thinking about it for the last five minutes. Oh, you're an idiot. You're, well, you're normal. You understand that's not the question. That's no response. When did I, me, myself, when did I... After thinking about another cup of coffee, checking several times, raising up my chair, picking up to make sure I could see the coffee, make sure there was more in the pot. You've done that three or four times. You know it's in the pot, yeah? Picked up the cup once or twice, looked at it, down at the bottom like, well, you'll, you know, maybe the coffee fairy put in some. You know all that. You've been thinking about it for the last five minutes. We've been watching, and you're supposed to be aware of it yourself. There always, there has to be, or nothing would happen in the universe. Nothing would happen in human life. There comes finally that second. Your hand goes up. All of your muscles do like this. You're on the way to get coffee. There's no doubt about it. I'm telling you what you're missing. As you stop and you go, how, what? No words, but when did I decide to do that? You understand, it's a trick question. When did I decide to do that? See, it sounds like that the question has to do with time. The sentence says, when did I decide to do that? So the question is what? Well, when? No, no, no. 
Now, don't be an idiot in your spare time alone. No, don't do that. That sounds like the question. That's the sentence. When did I decide to do that? See, that's one way I would propose to you, if you're following any of this and interested, that people have philosophically asked such questions. Psychologists have dealt with it. They're back dealing with it now. They've tried to take it to a new level. There's a cognitive neuroscience. At least I've read little pieces of people who keep playing around with it. They're even trying now to find a decision maker. Somebody's coined the term the decision maker in the brain. Some psychologist. But there has to be some place that finally a decision is made. When did I decide to get the coffee? That's how you keep from internally shaking like a furnace that the thermostat won't stay on or off. That is, it'll shake you to be either crazy, make you crazy, or it'll wake you up to what's going on at a new level. Which makes you see something at a new level. It'll shake your awareness to a new place. The descendant says, when did I decide? You've been sitting there thinking about it for five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You keep looking. You look up. You look down. You look at the coffee. You look at your cup. Uh, once or twice, you, you, know, you, I can see you move around your chair. You almost got up. Yeah, I did. And I didn't. I don't know why, but now uh, I thought about it some more, and I got my mind on it. But then I got up. I found myself. And so my question is, when did you decide now's the time to get up and get coffee? When did you decide that? They get hung up on that question. That same question, when did you decide to do it? They would accept that question. But they pick out the wrong word. They pick out the wrong thrust. They look at it as when did I decide to do it? The secret's in the sentence. When did I decide to get up and get coffee? After all that thinking about it and false starts and leaning back, thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. When did I decide to do it? All right, the question's valid. The sentence is valid. But if I say, well, what is, what's really the question? What is the thrust of the question? They go, well, it's when. So it's a matter of time. There you go. When, I kept thinking about it. Humans keep deciding, you know, thinking about something. But finally, the brain must make a decision. You could be out driving, looking for a street, and you can't find it. And you're supposed to be here. Somebody told you to go down past you know, Oak Street, and it's the next street. And you never did see Oak, so you keep going. You think, well, they said if you get past, you see some businesses, you've probably gone too far. And you think, well, was that a business back there, that little small shopping, that strip center? Was it, you might have, you know, and you don't know what, should I stop? Should I turn around and go back? Did I miss it? You finally, the brain, you go, I don't know what to do. I'm late. I want to get to the party. I don't see a, damn, I don't, well, he told me, he said, well, don't, if you go past the shopping, but was that a shopping mall? He said, did he say shopping mall? But that's like a strip mall. Does he even know what a strip mall would but one or two? The brain finally has to go, all right, stop, turn around. Everybody knows that. And so these psychologists, philosophers, when did you decide, well, I'm going to turn around and go back? When did you decide I'm going to get up and get coffee finally? When did you decide that? And they go, yes, that's the question. And you go, and it's a matter of what? We're investigating. They go, what time? When in the sequence of driving around, looking at that street, when in that sequence did the decision maker, did something in a man decide, all right, you've got to stop. We've gone too far. We don't know it for a fact. But going any further this way, the odds are against us. We're probably getting further away from what we're looking for. So when did you decide? Uh-uh. When is not the word in the sentence. When did I decide that I'll turn around and go back? When did I decide, well, I'll go ahead and get coffee? When did I decide that? When is not where you should be looking. But as long as you look there, you're safe. Because you can play with that forever. That one you can't play with forever. That is the real. It's another word in the sentence. I think you get it. When did I decide to go ahead and get coffee? Everybody thinks that the operative word is when. It's another word in that sentence that you should be looking at. And that's the one that will either drive you crazy or shake your furnace to the point that some of the soot will come out of the ductwork and you go, my God, I can almost see. Maybe that's what being asleep is, having too, too many dust bunnies in your ductwork. That's not a mixing of... Metaphors, that's a mixing of metaphorical animals. <laughs> Duct tape and dust bunnies. I like, makes sense to me.
Does everybody know it's a good sign just to yourself when anything you hear makes sense to you? <laughs> Since I said it, it makes sense to me. I, I put it to you another way. You're still not fully awake when you can hear things, anything. And you go, you know, I don't, that, that doesn't make, I don't get it. How can somebody, that doesn't make sense. You're still partly asleep. Of course, I should point out, it doesn't mean that whatever was said and you heard makes sense. That's not the point. It's you thinking, it's you thinking, well, that doesn't make sense. Well, I can tell you why. You're what we call being asleep. <laughs> you're, not, you're not dealing with reality. You're dealing with your thinking. Well, it still doesn't make sense. I'm sure it doesn't. But, all right, you want to play this shit? When did you decide that it didn't make sense? Well, as soon as I heard it. No, 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 no. Just as, well, now wait. I mean, before the sentence was through? Or did you hear the full sentence? And being an intelligent, insightful person, you obviously are, and then you weighed it carefully. You pondered it. A lot of people would say, no, nah, I knew where he was going when he was saying, and I, I realized that didn't make any sense. I knew where he was going. Well, where in the sentence? And then they say, when did you decide, as you're listening to him make his statement about whatever the subject was, when, in his comments, did you decide that you knew what he said and it wasn't going to make sense? And they would try and answer when. I said, when did you decide that it wasn't going to make sense? They go, oh, well, back at so... No, no, no. The question is not when. And if you don't watch it, your mind goes, well, that's what you said was, when did I decide to do that? Yeah, but the question is not when. Uh, I'm, I hadn't decided until... I'm going to wait until... The offer, I wouldn't start teaching until fall quarter. And so I think I've got another few weeks. But I have been offered, I don't know what it will take, but I have been offered a minor chair in the logic department <laughs> at a little-known university. <laughs> I haven't told them my proposed undergraduate in my first class would be the insanity of reason. Okay. Well, thank God we didn't have to read all those, right? That concludes this talk. Be sure to visit us at jancox.com, where you can search through 3,000 talks for topics of interest, or just leave us a message.